Hey everybody, this is Brad Williams and I am the pastor of B4 Church. Welcome to our podcast. My prayer is that this would help you behold God, that you would see Him for who He is, that you would belong to community, that you would be everything that you were created to be, and that you would be able to dream beyond the limitations in your life. So I hope you enjoy this teaching and we look forward to seeing you in person soon. Again, it's the beauty of community because there's all that diversity and all that complexity and yet everybody's like, man, PK, throw the barbecue. We want to get in the backyard. Yeah, they, they, they're, they're saying, throw the barbecue. We want to talk about the hard issues That's that right. we don't agree with you on. That's right. <laughs> 100%. That makes you probably not super excited to throw this barbecue to have hard conversations. <laughs> you hit that one on the head, Ashley. Okay. Is that why this has not happened yet? Ashley, there are some subjects I am fatigued in my soul right. with having a conversation. Right. Those um, people are not invited to the barbecue. <laughs> no, I, you know what? So, so here's what I would say to you about yeah. conversations. And this is this is yeah. honest. I think I said this to Caroline before as well. Um, I I am fatigued uh, uh, to a certain degree of unzipping my soul and mm-hmm. exposing some very hurtful, sensitive areas of my journey and story. Right. And yet at the same time, I don't mind for the sincere yeah. who are trying to learn and make sense of the world. Yep. The only challenges I have is the willfully ignorant that just say. I know what I know, and I'm, you know, and, and even what they know hasn't been researched or studied. Mm-hmm. They're in confirmation bias and repeating what they hear in their little circles mm-hmm. rather than, have you done the real work? Do you actually have someone that's from a differing view sitting down in your circle sharing life with you? Right. And the answer oftentimes is no. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Those are, those are definitely the most frustrating <laughs> ones. I can think of a couple. Um but talk about the role of friendships in those situations oh. that are those safe places for you. And it it sustains you, Alex. Yeah. I mean, it, it there's just no way that, that there are friends that I have, and you know yeah. my friend group is diverse. Right. So ethnically diverse, socially diverse, class. I mean everything economically, yeah. <laughs> and and those that 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 I get to show up for actually see me, know me, mm-hmm. it gives me the fuel to do the work that I have to do. Now, let's face it. I'm a black man living in East County, Gresham. That is not a metropolitan area, but it is increasingly diverse. It is. Mm-hmm. But let's just face it. I walk down the street and see nobody that looks like me for the most part. Yeah. Um, so having friends... I'm like Joy and Scott and different ones who see me, know me, mm-hmm. love me. Um, my friendships are everything. Yeah, They keep me. They allow me to do the work of the Lord. They, right. they, they provide an emotional retreat space, you know, yeah. the, and a safe space to unpack and to cry, to be angry, mm-hmm. um, to ask questions. Um, so, mm-hmm. yeah, couldn't make yeah. it without my friends. If somebody's looking to start reaching out, whether that's we're talking about, because you just mentioned a bunch of things there, or they're talking about like a multi-generational relationship, uh-huh. multi-racial, multi-ethnic, multi-class, whatever that might be, what are some steps for like, I want to reach out to somebody, like I want to have a diverse group of friends, right. but I don't know where to start and I don't want to fall prey to like tokenism or, <laughs> you know, not... Uh-huh. Yeah. Not walking into that blindly, right. but also not being walking on so many eggshells that I actually can't build a relationship. Right. What does that kind of look like from any of those aspects? Yeah, I think healthy people engage relationship in a healthy way, right? Mm-hmm. Like you don't show up in a relationship and say, I need you to be my best friend forever. <laughs> you know, creepy. you're my one black friend. You know, it's like, <laughs> that's, that's not going to work. So yeah. the healthy approach is always 
that you would show genuine interest in someone else and yeah and um, express that to them because I've never I've never found somebody not want to be in relationship with me when I'm inquiring about their story their journey mm -hmm. and then they reciprocate the same so mm -hmm. I mean I don't know when the church became so relationally dysfunctional mm -hmm. that that we don't even know how to establish <laughs> friendships mm -hmm. like hi my name is you know <laughs> what I mean we're teaching Alara at four years old in in yeah. Christian school how yeah. to be a good friend and show empathy and concern for others. So I just mm -hmm. think we just have to recorrect back to some of those most basic lessons that we taught all of our children to be respectful mm -hmm. and love and share and be kind. And so for me, kindness is the open door. Mm -hmm. And it seems mm -hmm. to surprise people when you're just <laughs> kind in a night. You know Sadly, it is surprising it, in it our world It is a novelty today. right now, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. So expressing concern for someone else um, expression of genuine love and interest in them mm -hmm. um, is not in the box that they check not in the box that they check whether it's age race or whatever else I don't have any boxes for them to check I'm just looking for genuine people mm -hmm. um, so whether they can and for me like again my house is full of people all the time on the on the east side and it is a diverse mix of people from every different uh, walk of life and mm -hmm. perspective on things mm -hmm. and having an opportunity to just do life together so mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. kind of building off of that just okay. thinking about like we're christians so we we've talked about the importance of christian community and having that but that you can go too far on that side where you end up kind of what you're saying in like an <laughs> yeah. echo chamber or like a christian bubble oh, yeah. so how do we kind of balance that having christian community but also still having relational space for people who are outside of our bubble or who are out in the world what is that tension look like especially for people who are like i only have enough time for so many friends i, I think i might be different than most yeah. people keith has an unlimited capacity i, I, yeah, I do and it's, it's funny you said that though. because somebody says something to me about my capacity to love versus the average person like somebody yeah. said to me like you have like this huge capacity it's to true. love and other people have smaller capacities and for you their attempts at loving you won't even feel like love compared to what you are able mm -hmm. to give. Mm -hmm. So that's been a journey for mine. That's mm -hmm. funny you mentioned that. We we talk about that yep. and, and how that shows up and hurt in my heart sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, but, but the truth be told, mm -hmm. Ashley, I don't have bubbles of, okay, here are my Christian friends. Here are my unsafe friends. I love routinely bringing my gym folks, my bar, my uh, barbershop people who drop the F-bomb on a regular basis <laughs> in with my Christian j folks just to mess their hair up because <laughs> some of them haven't had, you know, haven't had intersection right. points uh, right. with people far from God and need yeah. to, quite frankly. Yeah. Right. And so um, those I become a catalyst for that, the yeah. bridge that You're they walk over. You're a matchmaker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, these are not go. matches made in heaven, by the way. <laughs> I didn't say you were a good one. I just said you were a matchmaker. You no, know, I, I do. I have, you know, this eclectic group of people. Like, I, yeah. I can think of one in particular in my barbershop that I love to to have around because he is like a, almost a Black Panther kind of guy. <laughs> right. And then to bring him around, he's like, man, you got white people in the house. I'm like, yeah, they're, <laughs> they're human beings too. Like, But to see him, see yeah. how they treat me, my friends, yeah. mm -hmm. it does something. He's like, wow, man, I, you know, so I try to, to keep it, I try to keep those groups um, as together. Integrated as integrated possible. as possible. Not to say that there are some sacred spaces where, right. 
where my brothers and sisters in Christ, where we get together as right. well, and you know, we don't have to translate. Because you wouldn't want to make your barbershop friend uncomfortable correct. by bringing him to a three-hour-long prayer meeting. Yeah, that's not would. where he's at. But yeah, if you're correct. having a barbecue, that's where you correct. can kind of correct those two. So I just think time and place, right? So you know, every you know, every single group or gathering doesn't check all of the boxes. And yeah. so for me, but I think what I've learned as a pastor is I have to be much more intentional mm -hmm. about getting in the spaces with people far from God. And mm -hmm. I think the longer you stay in Christ, yep. the more you have to be intentional there because all of a sudden your world is only Christian who, right. who people are echoing all the same things that you're saying. Mm -hmm. Then we get out of step. Out of, we, we don't even know how to talk. <laughs> you know, to to people far from God, and it's like right. we're using Christian East language and yeah. all these other things. So we're ill, we're, we're ineffective yeah. missionally at that point. Yeah, so. absolutely. All right, so I am the only female sitting in this room with you yeah, two boys don't say. talking about all your boy chats. <laughs> um, yeah. So what does that look like? You're. Uh, I yeah. have seen how cross gender relationships have worked in my life, but I'm still on the fairly younger side yeah um i'm curious what you have seen in your greater yeah. experience as a pastor of the importance of cross-gender relationships yeah. and also some of the difficulties and the beautiful things that come out of those oh man you you just said a mouthful well right out of the gate <laughs> i'm good at that my wife um did not get developed as a leader because our, our pastor coming up was hands off with women so i got mm -hmm. all of the mentorship all of the conversation and um, she is, it's, a, it's astounding to me that she is the leader that she is now, but she's coming into it. But she didn't get poured into um, mm -hmm. because of that old Billy Graham sort oh, of approach. Yeah. You know, women and men don't travel together. You don't meet with them. You don't meet, drink with them. And quite frankly, I, Fabi here on staff sent me on a journey because she was coming from Latin America. And she noticed here on staff that I was having coffee and drinking and, you yep. know, going out to eat with, with men on staff, but not with her. Mm -hmm. And she and, and several other ladies in my life had noticed that I put pictures on Instagram of me having devotions with other guys. And then here recently, a lady on staff said to me, I noticed that you, tra you travel with some of the men on staff, that you've taken them to baseball games, and when you go preach, they go. And she says, I feel like, she says, I know that there's this, there's, um, things that we need to think through and yeah there's logistics says, involved logistics involved for sure but she says i feel like i'm at a disadvantage yeah mm -hmm. i feel like I they're getting something that. with you that i'm not getting um that i'm not, and, and i want quite frankly yeah. and i understand the sensitivities around that and so what we've done uh, to what i've what i'm doing now is budgeting so that i can take two people with me when i travel um, and accommodate them on the road. So sometimes two ladies will go with me from my staff or we'll put a man and a woman in a different, obviously on the same trip, but just in different rooms. But we've got to accommodate that because it is at this point, it is ruining the opportunity for ladies to develop. So think about it. In every mm -hmm. church, if a woman's on staff and she's raising a child, we don't make accommodations for her to come back to work with her child. So we're, we're literally losing a decade of effectiveness of a sharp woman of God, and now she's at home with a baby because we can't figure out how to help her mm -hmm. to create a space at work where she can build, uh, she can build the kingdom and build her family, and not have to rob either or. Mm -hmm. um, so, so those are those are questions, honestly, that I'm wrestling with right now because I want to sponsor, advocate, and give opportunity to. And furthermore, in our denomination, we have a theology that that <laughs> opens the doorway for this, yeah. but a praxis that doesn't. So, like, I think we're at 2% nationally, if that. I only think it's 2% of lead pastors as women. So, 
our congregations aren't taught, our people aren't taught. So then when, when transitions come up, women, you know, the church councils in the church, they haven't even had a woman preach. Yeah. Right. So now all of a sudden, you know, the, it, it's too far of a leap to have one as a senior leader. So we've got a lot of work to do that. And personally, I live in a glass house. So I'm trying to fix it for our ladies. Mm -hmm. And my wife is like, yeah, you better fix it, brother. <laughs> you know, so like, I mean, so Coco, down on that. she's taking steps herself um, to be a mentor and a coach. And but she says, we need you. We need your voice. Yeah. So um, we're integrating. We're integrating all of those kind of spaces. And at the same time, like for me, quite frankly, if I'm being candid, I need black spaces sometimes mm -hmm. where I'm not translating and pre-qualifying things. Mm -hmm. People get it, right? <laughs> and same thing with you as a woman. Yeah. There are times yeah. that you need to be around other ladies to talk about sensitive things that only that affinity group would understand, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. And so it's a both and. We've got right. to have both and. We've lived in the separate affinity and allowed that segregation to exist, and I'm I'm going to do my best to abolish it, yeah. Yeah. at least in our space. Yeah, and I think that that break also exists, at least in church world, especially uh, multi generationally. Yeah. So we have we were talking before we started uh, recording about churches that have like a traditional service, and then they have like the contemporary service, and even just thinking about the relationships that I have outside of being on staff here and getting to work with people of all different ages right. and that kind of a thing um that doesn't happen a whole lot so what and you are a person that actually is pretty good at reaching out to people <laughs> who are younger than you hence you being friends with alex um so what does that what does it look like for people to kind of pursue that relationship with people who are either older or younger than them mm. why is that important and how can we kind of do that i mean when you talk about the church like like gender bias yes. you're talking about ageism <laughs> Is there any wonder Jesus can get anything done with us? Look at it's all amazing. of our issues. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> we got a lot. Of so Jesus, help us, right? So um, with, with the generations, it, it goes back to, I think you solve it in one area, you solve it in all of them. If we're more curious than we are convinced about one another, every mm -hmm. issue in life, if we're more curious than we are convinced, then we can have conversations, we can engage. Mm -hmm. Like I'm a firm believer, as is Alex, that the diversity of age, ethnicity, and gender is one of the beauties of the body of Christ, right? Mm -hmm. Of, of yep. humanity. And to have that in our lives is to enrich us. Mm -hmm. And so I, but at the same time, I think our church has the same problem that a lot do generationally there's this split mm -hmm. like somebody asked me the other day it's like why do we need that smoke and the lights and stuff <laughs> you know and i and i thought for a long like, while before i answered and i said i know you don't need that <laughs> but it's bait it's it's like when you go fishing <laughs> it's bait it creates a certain environment trying to catch a different kind of fish trying to catch you. a different kind of fish <laughs> and I need you in the boat because I recognize, as Randy said very famously, Abraham is paying for Isaac and Jacob. <laughs> so we recognize that we're going to reach that other generation. Yeah. We need some mom and dads we're who are much more stable and, yeah. and settled and, quite frankly, economically uh, yeah. settled so that they can help us with the expense of reaching the next generation, right? Yeah. Without having, like, like for me, here's a for instance. Whenever Alara, my grandbaby, Lala, yes. whenever she's at our house, the noise level goes up. <laughs> Just so you know. Mm -hmm. The clutter increases on the floor. You mean you and, don't throw your toys everywhere? Yeah, you know what I mean? And and I'm not a fan of, of Frozen again and again. <laughs> and Moana Just again. Just let it go, man. I know all of the songs. Uh, I know uh -huh. all of that, right? But I would never not want Lala to be in our house. That's right. Right. And so for me as a grandparent, I'm willing to sacrifice mm -hmm. whatever I can. And I want to enrich. I want to I equip, resource her 
with everything possible, right? So what if the generations in our church did that and just mm -hmm. said, it's not about us anymore. We want to live, we want a legacy left here in these young people. Mm -hmm. And what that would say, because Alex, you and I have talked about this extensively, I think the misnomer is is that the the next generation that's the emerging mm -hmm. doesn't want relationship and mm -hmm. be involved mm -hmm. with the mothers and fathers in the faith, and that is a fallacy. Right. Yeah. That is wrong, and the devil is creating schism there. Yeah. Whereas though, of course, it is on the older generation to yeah. reach back. It's always on the more mature to extend themselves mm -hmm. even the more. Right. Yeah. Right. So we're 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 going to do a series of messages coming up called the family of God in generations. Mm. We're working on those now because we've got across that yeah. mm -hmm. that territory. You said once the generation coming up is not replacements, they're reinforcements. Yes. That was a good line, by the way. That's a tweetable a actually, line. Actually, by the way, I think you said that. Uh, <laughs> oh. We wrote that one together. Okay. So, you know, oh, okay. you know. All right, that's enough. credit to you. 50, 50, 50 credit to you. Okay. Um, man, I was just thinking about how, like, what you're talking about is beautiful and it's big picture. And it's a, it's a vision that the church can get behind. But from a practical standpoint, yeah. um, it's simple. That's, all of this stuff is actually much more simple than we want to make it. Uh, for you and me, like, we came from very different worlds. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, oh, yeah. Like, very different worlds. You're living in the world I grew 100%. up in. 100%. It's like I landed on the moon. Exactly. <laughs> it's a whole different. From yeah. East Baltimore right. to Gresham, Oregon. Right. That's a weird transition. Yeah. Yes. Yes. We, on paper, shouldn't be close. Mm. On paper, right? But the gap was closed. Like, I didn't really know you very well before you started coming here. I know exactly where you're going with this. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to make me emotional, but go ahead. The gap was closed uh, in a very simple way. We had breakfast together. Egg sandwiches. Egg sandwiches. Yeah. That's right. Um, but yeah, man, it was simple. And yeah. we didn't have an agenda. Sometimes we talked about stuff at work. That's right. More often than not, though, we just bared our souls to one another. Mm -hmm. And year after year, we had egg sandwiches together. Now, I remember I was uh, asked to introduce you at a conference one time. And I had no idea how to tell people what my friendship with you was. Like, I'm like looking for language like father in the faith, kind of like an uncle and a brother and a best friend wrapped into, I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea what words to even use because our relationship is weird. Like, it, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it doesn't have a box. It doesn't have a box. I can't find it. So I, I bumbled through whatever I was going to say. But after it, uh, there was a young kid that came up to you. That's right. And he said, I have no one in my life that I could say what he mm. said about, yeah. about you. And that that wrecked me when I heard him say that because he was my he's my age and I've never seen him again. I don't even right. know what his name is, right? right? But I'll never forget his face and I'll never forget what he said. So talk about I think it's simple, but just talk about that a little bit. Like what goes into the simplicity of breaking down the divides, whether it's ethnically, racially, culturally, gender, gender. You know, like it's an egg sandwich, right? You know, it, it, just tell everyone to go eat egg sandwiches. Yeah, I mean, you know, Russell Joyce uh, planted a church in Brooklyn, mm -hmm. Hope Brooklyn. Shout out to Hope Brooklyn. Um, <laughs> shout out to Russell and Anna. Mm -hmm. um, he 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 started a church on the premise of having a table mm. to where you can sit at the table and have a meal together. And at that table, which quite frankly, when he and I started talking about that concept, 
Coco and I have annually taken our children on um, mm-hmm. vacations abroad. Like, mm-hmm. well, once a year we'll go somewhere. And notoriously forever, we've we sat down at dinner, all of us together, and we've looked around and not seen anybody that looks like us on vacation like that, right? right? Not very many black families doing that. But I remember this one time seeing this table with this kid. They were kids. They had to be three generations, mm-hmm. right? The grandpa was there, the dad, and the kids. Kids were climbing all over the table, food everywhere. I mean, the whole thing <laughs> was a mess, but it was a beautiful mess, right? Mm-hmm. So to me, if we could establish tables for us once again, yeah. um, and, and I've got some Arabic-speaking people in East County, and so... Meeting with them in their homes over dinner is a mm. big honor. Much, a big deal. much, much more yeah. uh, of a Near Eastern experience than what we would ever experience here in the West, right? right. Mm-hmm. So, but but being at the table to me, generationally, gender-wise, all these issues again, we come back to all the social, uh-huh. all of this stuff comes right. back to the intentionality of looking across the table, maybe sharing a meal together, sharing an egg sandwich, coffee, <laughs> whatever it is, mm-hmm. so that what we found at that table as though I'm older, mm-hmm. wiser, better looking, <laughs> better everything. Pretty much. Better beard. Except for... W- what we found is is that we are asking the same questions. Yep. We have some of the same struggles. Yep. Um, we are one another. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the beauty of coming to the table is right. that you mm-hmm. find out, yeah, there are differences for sure. Right. Baltimore, right. juxtaposed to Gresham, Oregon. <laughs> um, your dad was a businessman. My dad was a soldier. You know, it's... Right. Two different right. journeys and experience, right. and yet with all of the differences, those things that we discovered while having those sandwiches right. were we're more alike than we, we are yeah. separate, yeah. right? Yeah. So that's, I think, the missing piece, Ashley, is that we don't have a table where we can come together and just be, mm-hmm. and then I get to discover, wow, even as a female, like what I found about the gender issue is that it, it is very similar to mm-hmm. my experience as an African-American feeling locked out mm-hmm. and you're locked out because of your gender, right? Same mm-hmm. feelings, emotions. It shows up differently. Yeah. But when we sit at the table together, we start having the sharing of those stories and we find out we have the same pain points. That's right. Mm-hmm. You know, so, and those, I think those moments bond us mm-hmm. across generations, across gender. Mm-hmm. And, and it just, that's the beauty of, of the table. Yeah, man. Not to mention we come to the table of communion Mm-hmm. And that brings all of us together right. mm-hmm. in right. Christ, supposed to, yeah. all of this complexity, right? <laughs> yeah. And diversity into this beautiful um, oneness that we experience through the Spirit of the Lord. That's right. That's right, man. That was so good. And I'm thinking about Jesus the whole time, mm-hmm. you know. Um, Jesus didn't spend a lot of time in church services. You know, he didn't spend a lot of time in formalized small group ministry. There you go, ruining it by bringing <laughs> Jesus into it. No, but I know he spent most of his time at a table. Yes, and that's where he did his Across greatest work. And he invited people to the table that the religious people didn't want them to be there. One hundred percent. And he had a way of putting a zealot and a tax collector together and making them brothers. Mm-hmm. You know. But by the way, he was completely comfortable in those settings mm-hmm. where, yes. you know, where I think sometimes we've been so um, indoctrinated into Christianity to the point where yeah. when we go over somebody's house and maybe there's yeah. suspect language and there's some, you know, some moral stuff going on, different things, and yeah. maybe they're not married and, yeah, yeah, and maybe yeah. there's some same-sex attraction yeah. or whatever there is in yeah. the room. Yeah. I can imagine Jesus in the room with Matthew, the tax collector, and prostitutes and harlots. Yeah. And one translation of that verse says that he was reclining. Yeah. 
So it means he was super he was relaxed, yeah. chilling, <laughs> he was chilling in the environment, yeah. waiting for the opportunity to to yeah. demonstrate. Well, and and kingdom. you're right. Jesus was relaxed, but I guarantee you, his disciples were not. <laughs> what is the rabbi doing now? Exactly. But so for anyone listening to yeah. this and thinking, I I'm not ready for that right. yet. Welcome to the family, right? right? Like welcome, welcome. Yeah. It's okay to be there, yeah. but. Jesus still invites you to the table to be there with him. And and I think the table is a physical place, right? It is a physical place. But it's also a metaphoric space, too, where our hearts are positioned and that we would host others um, and and be willing to host them. Right. So, you know, whether it's because I would say I would argue with you that that there was a table set in John chapter four with a woman by the well. Absolutely. Jesus extended the table. Absolutely. Which, oh, by the way, he expressed the need himself. And had her meet his need. That's a whole nother <laughs> that's, conversation. That's another but, but podcast. But it's important, yeah. But it's important. He expressed vulnerability yes. and a need before he started addressing her. Absolutely. Um, so Absolutely. I, I just think there's a lot there. As you were talking about the table and Jesus being there, I was just thinking about the fact that Jesus does have, he's got the zealot and he's got the tax collector and they're both there and that's messy. Like Jesus doesn't solve their problems. He doesn't make the one not a tax collector or not a zealot before they get invited to the table and just Jesus is relaxed in the midst of the mess. And I feel like that's kind of where we need to be. Wow. In order to make that work. Am I wrong? No, I, I, I completely agree. And that table I was talking to you about, while we were on vacation was an absolute mess. Yeah. And the grandpa at the table was in heaven. Oh, he was probably having <laughs> the he best was, time. He was having the best time <laughs> yeah. having the kids around. And I just think there's something about the acceptance of Jesus yeah. that allows us to to um, explore. Um, there's something about the way that we preach that I think sometimes imposes our faith on people rather than allowing them the exploration and the discovery of the beauty of Christ. And he was okay with that journey and Matthew and all of his disciples taking the journey. Lest we think that the disciples were complete when Jesus (laughs) left. They were not. And we found that out through the book of Acts. Exactly. And and so there is that sense of of belonging, acceptance that Jesus gives us as we come to his table. So maybe we can offer that to one another. That's so good. Dude, you you had so many great things to offer today. Seriously. Like we hit so many topics across the board. (laughs) But all essential to what does it look like to have healthy relationships, human to human connection yeah. in your life. 100%. Um, thank you for being one of the best friends in my life. Oh, I can man. count on one hand how many people I talk to every day, <laughs> and that it includes my wife and my kids, and then it's like you. So well, That oh, actually man. is more than one hand, yeah. because just for wife and kids, you're, oh, you're done with one of your That's hands. They, they're like half. There. They're like half. <laughs> they're like a half finger. You took the creation mandate right. literally. Literally, I know, but you get what I'm trying to say. Yeah, for sure, Thank man. you for being present. Thanks for showing up in my life, and yeah. thanks for showing up to this podcast too. Yeah. This was thanks for really, coming to our table. Yep, it, thanks it for showing up. It was a this blessing. Uh, again, um, the way that I feel about this house, the way I feel about this community of faith, will not change. And anything that I can ever do to prosper it, further it, um, all you have to do is ask. Uh, we love you, man. Love yeah, you. I'll tell you back. Awesome. Thanks, Keith, for coming back over here, coming home. Yeah, yeah. It, it it is going to be that. 
It's yeah. always when I come back is coming home. Yeah. yeah. And we home, don't actually really consider that you've left. You're just hugging the city from the other side. That's awesome. <laughs> I love the way you said that. That's good. I like that. That's good. Um, so as our, our friend and partner over there on the east side, how can we at B4 be supporting and praying for you and the community over at East Hill? Yeah. You know, um, so come in, we're all emerging. I don't think we've emerged yet. We're all emerging from last year's yeah. effects. <laughs> coming um, out of our little prairie dog holes. Yes. I think what we're finding is we're we're having to rebuild our church, mm-hmm. um, rebuild volunteers, rebuild. I mean, all of it has to be rebuilt. I don't know if you guys experienced some 100%. of that. Hundred yep. percent. Um, so just the wisdom, the patience in that building process. Um, so I, I think, and and also the courage to not rebuild what once was. Mm-hmm. The not courage to rebuild to, the same thing. Yeah, the courage to to explore, to innovate, to find some new forms and methods of discipleship, of, of ministry. I am not interested in the usual um, menu of ministry going forward. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like uh, COVID revealed to me that they did not work. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they were not sufficient enough to retain um, whatever was supposed to be imparted to our people, mm-hmm. did not stick. And so we've got to find some other way. So just pray for creativity, discernment, mm-hmm. and, and the wisdom to build wisely. So that would help. You got it, man. Perfect. Thanks, guys. Well, thanks for being here. Love you, yeah. bro. My pleasure. So happy to have you. Before, love you. Thank you for listening today, those of you who are out there. We are so glad you decided to join us for this conversation with PK. If after this you're kind of thinking, what is a next step for me if I'm wanting to get plugged into community at B4, you can actually go to b4church.org groups, and we have a list of open groups there. Some are more just interest or activity-based. Others are like sermon discussion or Bible study-based. If you're trying to get plugged in, if you're emerging, that might be a great place to go just to get connected to some people. Um, as usual, we would love it if you would subscribe to our podcast. You can do so on iTunes, Spotify, or YouTube. That ensures that you do not miss an episode. And we hope we will see you next week. Well, hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Be sure to visit b4church.org for more information. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you can subscribe. You can share it with your friends. You can even take a screenshot and share it on social media if you like. Tag us at b4church. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you soon. Thank you.